On this episode of the Pack It Up Pie, we talk about getting back in the win column with a nice healthy dose of the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Please help, especially on Will Harris as Aaron Jones breaks loose. Aaron Jones, he's headed for the end zone. And he's going to be in with a Packer touchdown. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Diane. Hello, gents. Hey, first one in the book. It was a fun night. It's amazing how much more enjoyable this team is when they're winning. It's a very, very different feeling. It was a fun second half. Yeah, let me rephrase it. It's a good time when our offense can at least move the ball. Um, so final score 35 17 Packers cover the spread 21 points all in that second half zero for the Detroit Lions Uh, Aaron Rodgers is back on his thing he only had five incompletions 255 yards four touchdowns Aaron Jones next level uh, Devonte Adams was breaking people's ankles off. Oh, I think I broke my ankle just watching him. Yeah, I felt I felt sore. I was like, because I, I feel sore, and <laughs> I I I just feel bad for Adams having to then like give these sympathy cards to these people's families, being like, I'm sorry that I murdered your husband, <laughs> your brother on the field. So he his second catch, his second catch where he juked like three yeah, people that, out in a row. I'm just like, one. what is happening? I texted that I would have broke my kneecap if I tried that move. Like the leg would have just shattered on the field. <laughs> but you know what? We're not going to start with the good times. We're going to start oh. with the bad times. Let's talk about this Packer defense, which, I, I mean, we could dissect this a whole lot of different ways. And I'll kind of go on a rant in a little bit. Uh, I'd like to point out Campbell, a 180-degree difference from week one. Mm-hmm. I would like to call out Stokes playing just about as well as he possibly could. And then after that, it gets a little weird. Hey, leave Amos up there. Put him all up right, there. All right, all right. It wasn't right. amazing, but he was good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now list everybody that had a mediocre night. <laughs> or below. That's where I start talking. Well, mediocre, you got to go. I mean, well, the defensive line wasn't mediocre. I think they played it better than the first game. But Chris Barnes still, Kevin King, uh, Savage, sadly, um, and then – Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Were they even on the field, boys? You skipped over Lancaster. I I I, I don't even get why he's you know still who else playing. skipped over Lancaster? The, the entire, entire Lions offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that third and one play where he ended up five yards backwards. So quick quick sidetrack to tell a story that fits in with what he could have done that would have been more productive. When we were in high school, Josh and I were on the same high school football team. Ryan was too good of a hockey player to join the football squad. Would have made a great wide receiver. But we went against a five-star tackle at St. Francis named Josh Oglesby. Became a Badger. 
So it was in a scrimmage before the year started, and a coach said none of us could go up against him one-on-one. We just got eaten alive, and it was a running team. So he's like, just crawl across the line of scrimmage, literally doing the bear crawl. He's like, I want you just like hands on the ground and don't even stand up because that way you're guaranteed to stay the low man. And they did a lot of pulling action. They'd always have their guards or tackles pulling. Well, they were tripping over our entire defensive line who was just bear crawling across the line of scrimmage. And they couldn't run against us. And the tackle was – the five-star tackle was stand up like a man. Play the game like a man. I'm like, we're winning. We're beating you. <laughs> but that's all Lancaster had to do. It's like he stood up like a man and got knocked down not like a man. That was so embarrassing. Like in that exact moment, I was like, I'm done with him. Just cut Did him. Did he get I'm back done. on the field after that play? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure oh, everybody yeah. saw that. No, but but yeah, he didn't even get off well. the ball. He was just sitting there. He was a sitting duck waiting to I mean, get he hit. Got, he, yeah, he got doubled, but still, he got just annihilated. And it's like, give me Slayton, give me Heflin, give me Kingsley Kiki, at least. And I'm going to say the same thing about Eric Stokes. At least when they make mistakes, you know that there's potential for them to learn from them. We've seen enough of Tyler Lancaster. He is what he is, and he doesn't. He can't be a starter anymore. No, he, he should never see the field again. Uh TJ Slayton easily is better. You can see it. Uh, he can hold the double teams. He can hold the line. He's not a playmaker, but at least he's not getting blown back. Um, and I want I want to do a huge kudos. Dean Lowry, he, he's still learning this defense, I think. He's too quick to judge the hole sometimes, and he needs to really look into the backfield before making a jerk reaction. You can, If you look back in the tape, there's a couple times where he just guessed wrong. And so did the linebacker. Uh, but uh, he did play a better game than that first game. I was really worried that we really only have Kenny Clark, who really isn't hustling. Uh, let's just put that on the on the table. Um, but Dean Lowry looked a lot better in this game. Yo, you want to talk about hustling and D-line intensity and the pass rush? Can I, can I have the mic for five minutes? <laughs> no, I don't need it for five minutes. That was embarrassing. I there was a play where Rayshon Gary got swept behind Jared Goff by tight end. The starting right tackle for the Detroit Lions was a defensive lineman at Iowa two years ago. And the pass rush was non-existent. On the same play that Rayshon Gary got pushed around by a tight end, single single blocking against him, wasn't tag team, uh, Goff scrambles, and there was no hustle from Preston Smith. There was no hustle from Kenny Clark. There was no hustle from, uh, was it Lowry or Lancaster? Another D lineman, zero hustle. I think it was Devondre Campbell was the only one that actually wanted to go tag Goff down for like a three-yard run. Just mm-hmm. no intensity whatsoever. So the offense showed something in the second half. There was a moment where you're like, okay – we're out of preseason mode and they're ready to play now. Like there was an energy. It almost came after Rogers connected with Cobb for the first time. I think that was a moment where the whole offense just started waking up, but the defense is still waiting for that moment. And I don't know what they need. I mean, getting hit around for two NFL games, you think would wake some people up, but they literally like need to go play a game of tag at practice where everyone has to run to the ball. Uh, Flashing back to high school, there was a drill where all 11 guys had to touch the ball carrier until the coach would blow the whistle and stop the play and just gamify the idea of everyone needs to be going to the ball. It's not happening right now. It's going to cost us a game. It, it's going to yeah. cost us a season. It's going yeah. To- 
No, I, I watched. Uh, so I watched the Steelers Sunday. Uh, you know, upcoming matchup next week: Packers Steelers. But yeah, so I watched the Steelers. You watch that Steelers defense. Exact opposite of what you just said. They always had eight plus helmets around the ball, and I mean the Packers were lucky to get two. You know, two players on the tackle. So, I mean, if this defense, like you said, do the simple things, work together, everybody hustle, and you will be better. You know, there were good things going on. Jair Alexander had had a pretty good game. Like you said, Stokes looked good. Campbell, yeah. I mean, I loved how he played in this game. He ended up with that INT, really a bad pass. Um, but hey, he caught it right. That's that's half the battle for this defense is catching interceptions. So um, they, they took advantage of the Lions, you know, having some really bad, you know, back to back penalty moments um, and, and then capitalized on a couple turnovers. But this defense still has a mile to go. I mean, oh. they they have a long way to go if we if we want to get back to the NFC championship game. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, and I know Dan's eyes are going to come out of his sockets from eye-rolling so hard when I say this, because this is my hypothetical hypothetical time of the podcast. Let's I go. look back at these seven touchdowns that the defense has given up, and I can honestly say, and I, or at least I think, five of them were miscommunication, horrible defense. Now, not to All say against King? Two-thirds, but not... Not to say that the Saints and Lions wouldn't eventually have scored those drives, but you look at some of these kind of touchdowns. You had the miscommunication between Stokes and King, which we all thought it was Stokes' fault. It ended up being LaFleur saying, nope, that was King's guy. Uh, you had King running into, I think it was Amos, uh, when um, Johnson was open in the corner of the end zone. You had other plays where the defensive players weren't even looking at the snap. They were trying to communicate to each other where to be. So five out of seven of these touchdowns, are just from this defense not doing what they need to be doing. And I know that Packer Twitter is this cesspool of crap when things aren't going well. I think we need to cool it with the Joe Barry talk. And I'm willing to die on this hill in five weeks when nothing has changed and we're all just like, oh, wow, Ryan was a big freaking idiot back then. I I don't think that this defense is that bad. I think it's the players not showing effort not communicating and not grasping the system yet. I really do. Ooh. Now, do I think these are a top 10 team? No, that's a but coaching I, problem for me. Yeah. But I, so the coaching problem is, Hey, uh, Preston, get me two tackles over two games. Is that, uh, you know, King, I never want to see King in a starting role. Like it's, it's done. It's done. Well, here's, the, here's the thing. The coach needs to boil down the assignments in such a way that the players can consume it. The coach needs to create a culture in such a way that the players are hustling all over the field, intense and, and high-fiving each other. Like, I don't I, turn on a different playlist during practice, right? Like, mm-hmm. get them going. This is on the coach. The players are talented. The players are NFL guys. If the players went to the Ravens and the Steelers, they would be good and they would be hustling, right? It's a coach and a culture issue. And you, you know what really stings? I'm listening to a podcast today around Wisconsin versus Notre Dame Saturday, like the the holy grail of games for me personally. And I, you know, have we all forgotten Jim Leonard turned this job down? And Jim Leonard is known <sighs> for creating a defense that, you know, schematically is is advantageous and it can handle any offense, but then also boiling down the communication 
where, you know, 18 and 19 year olds can jump in in the secondary and understand it. So a good coach said, sorry, Joe Barry, I mean, you've had four months to teach your secondary how to communicate with each other. We still can't be having these issues. But here's the thing, too. I also think that this defense isn't necessarily that kind of, of vocal type of team. I mean, think about it. Jair is in his own world. Preston is fairly quiet. Like, it was Big Z that got the momentum going last year. It was literally Zadarius being yelling, being like, guys, let's do the Ninja Turtle kick. Like, he was the one saying, you know, you remember the, all the interviews before and after the game where it was Preston and Zadarius, and they're saying, oh, we got a good celebration when we get a sack this week. I, I think this is Zadarius's team to elevate. I don't look at this team. I don't look at somebody like Stokes or Amos or Savage. They don't scream to me. Like even Chris Barnes, do you th- see him being a vocal guy? You I just think Tyler that this Lancaster defense- can be that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, I, just, guys. I think that's part of the problem is it's yeah. a multitude of things. But I also think that this defense just doesn't have those kind of spark players yeah. that you would find in the Saints, the Ravens, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and take some from our offense and put them on the defense. Holy hell, we got enough personality on the offense. For There's captains for a reason. We need them. Yeah, and yeah, we gave the captain C to Kenny Clark and uh, Jair Alexander, who aren't really like the vocal hype man of the defense. So got to figure out a way. And it, if it's reassigning a C, you don't have to take one away, but you got to get that role if that's the only issue. But uh, you know, when you see half the defense not running the ball, we got issues. And yeah. I'm concerned. I, I, I think the Lions did everything in the first half to beat us, and then the rain started coming down in the second half, and the Lions started to throw the ball. And mm-hmm. that was a poor coaching decision on the Lions side. They were winning. I think if they kept running the ball, they ended up with 36 pass attempts in a close game. I think if they kept running the ball, Rodgers doesn't get as many attempts as he does. And this game is still close. I think we still win because their defense is pretty bad. But um, I think the Lions gave us that one in the second half. Yeah. And I, I don't think the defense learned from the first week. I, I just don't think much improved other than people just got a little better. Right. Uh, on the offense, you saw, you saw 180. you saw, you saw him using the running backs, he, using the tight ends, using Devonte Adams, forgetting about the rest. And look what happened you, you, on the defense though. It, it was more of the same. It, it, it wasn't anything that the lines probably didn't know was coming. Right. And, and it was, it, I'm worried. I'm worried about the coach. I, I even texted you guys. I think, well, uh, maybe there is worse than Mike Pettin. I mean, you know, I, this, <laughs> yeah, this no. isn't a good start. I know Foose, you were texting about it earlier, but this is, I think this is evident, especially when you have a new middle linebacker, that's the play caller, uh, why he didn't play a couple preseason games to get this out and get the mud out of the tires before you know it actually counted that's where i'm a little bit still very frustrated at this could have been all solved if they all played one and a half or one game uh total time uh, in the preseason and most of this junk would have been ironed out and guys we can talk about stokes too i think we're all in the, i think the entire packer nation is ready for him to out rep kevin king and kevin king won't sit the bench like it's not going to be a formal benching it's just going to be gradually Stokes is getting more reps. He's getting the tougher assignments. King can still be on the field as a third. It's a little bit of a surprise. Chance Sullivan's not out there as much because, uh, I mean, give him a chance to. King can't keep getting beat two, three times a game in just a dramatic fashion. But I have a proclamation to make on the defense before we stop oh, talking no. defense. Oh, no. 
<sighs> Play some funeral music here. I've been a fan since day one of his NFL career. Screw his college career. Not a big Michigan guy. But Rashawn Gary, uh, I'm off the bandwagon. <laughs> I, I've been like his biggest promoter. I was supposed to have to wear some belly shirt, T-shirt, jersey, you know, repping him. I keep making sack bets that he's going to be a sack leader, that he's going to be the defensive MVP, that he's going to be a team MVP coming into the Lions game because their tackles weren't worth shit. Man, I'm out. And, you know, you can go back and play the draft game, but Brian Burns, 16 sacks already. Jeffrey Simmons, stud for the Titans. Montez Sweat, 16 sacks already. (laughs) Could have paired the Mississippi State guy with Elton Jenkins with his teammate. Rashawn Gary's got seven, and he's getting swept out of his pass rush by a single tight end. All the athletic skills in the world, but he just doesn't have the playmaking skill, the playmaking ability. I'm done with it. And it's yeah. weird in week two of his third season, but this was a prime opportunity for him. To he, need, he needs he to make a splash. He needs two other people to have the limelight so he can sneak through. Uh, I think we're seeing that. He cannot be the guy. I yeah, mean, even his sacks have been cleaning up muck, right? Like, I've been taking credit mm-hmm. for two and a half years that, like, he got a sack, and it was, you know, Sedarius forced to scramble and he cleaned it up. Yeah, I'm I'm off the bandwagon. Moving on. Yeah. You know you it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> if you you know it's scary when Dan goes against Gary because uh, this man loves him. This man loves him, and oh, uh, right. it's done. Pour pour one out for you, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's go to the brighter side of things: the offense, which. Uh, we've talked about it over and over again. Rogers' first game of the year was probably one of his, if not the worst of his career. I think we were outside of a little bit of Josh. I think we were thinking that this was being the game that he lights it up, that we get it back on a, a roll. And, and frankly, Aaron Jones, I for I think he had heard rumors is that he heard this podcast. He heard Josh say he'd rather have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Yeah, buddy. You <laughs> went to the next level. And uh, I just think I don't know what else you can say, because Aaron, I think he had probably two throws that were just real bad throws. There was one he was trying to force and like triple cover it. Yep. There but but man. He also had some absolute dimes to uh, Devonte Adams down the sidelines. The Tunyon touchdown. I mean, yeah. the Manning brothers going crazy for it. So let's talk about this offense and just the work that they did on Monday night. I want an apology from Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is the reason I bought the 33 jersey. Uh, I love you, Aaron Jones. Takes week one of an NFL season and says we shouldn't have signed a guy for four years. Aaron Jones, what a game. I'd, I'll talk about the Rodgers piece because 22 for 27, the five incompletions, four were targets to MVS. And we know for a fact he already put two on himself. And one of those was a touchdown, you know, if Rodgers just hits MVS. So the, the idea that he could have easily been 24 or 25 of 27 with five touchdowns, I mean – we just missed one of those like all-time memorable moments from Rodgers. I don't care mm-hmm. that it was the Lions secondary. 
So he still finished with an awesome stat line, but we just missed one of those games. Like you still remember Brett Favre's five touchdown games, you know, Oakland Raiders after his dad passed, like moments like that. I remember uh, Jameis Winston's five touchdown game. Oh, like no, too week. soon. Too I don't. I actually don't <laughs> even know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. Um, but the offense showed what they had to against a bad defense. You know, I think Devontae came out with energy once Rodgers got the ball to Cobb. You literally felt in that third quarter, I want to say it was. I don't think it was. It was the start of the third, right? You you felt the energy just turning. You, you felt the, the dancing starting, the celebration starting, the stadium just got this energy. We're like, now I feel like we're in a regular season game. And it was all driven by the offense. Said, I appreciate you, offense. Thank you for coming to play. The run game, Aaron Jones had a day, but, I mean, 31 carries, still just an average rush of 3.1. Aaron Jones was just 3.9. We said he wasn't going to break one off for a huge gain, and, and that held true. His long run was nine, but he was a dude out there. He was a man on a mission. Yeah, uh, credit this offensive line. Uh, you know, we are banged up and have a lot of young guys out there. Um, Runyon. Man, he played good. He played good. He looked a little weak in the run game every now and then, but, I mean, he held up. I mean, <clears throat> Aaron Jones, yeah, freaking amazing. I, I, I don't understand why they don't do that with him more often. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, in week one, he said that he wasn't dumping it off enough. He wasn't taking the first read that was wide open enough because he was looking for more. This game, he, he he had no problem dumping it off and going with the first look. He got the ball out quick uh, multiple times before even looking downfield, just seeing Aaron Jones wide open saying, hey, go. And sure enough, you know, it worked. Uh, so I, I loved how the red zone, a lot different than last year. They, they they didn't really pass to Aaron Jones in the red zone a lot. They, you know, they normally focused on Devontae. Um, or, or tight end play. So it, it was it was cool to see it, something a little different that was wide open. So obviously something was showing on film. But, uh, man, if the, the one thing you said it like the one thing we need to work on is Aaron Rodgers and MVS. Get that shit down. Like, come on. That's touchdown Look, city. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it's early in the year. I, I trust you get the vibe MVS is like going to have a breakout game, like somewhere in that first five week span, he's going to have a hundred yard, two touchdowns. And he's running game. good routes. That's what I love yeah. to see. Like he's getting himself open, not just with his speed. So, oh, so close. Yeah. The thing I love is the thing that we talked about a little bit with Joe Barry is, is Matt LaFleur changed it up. And in particular, the ability to say, Hey, we're going to be coming out of this set formation four or five times in a row and every single time we're doing something different and in particular was the the pass uh backside to Tunyon where everybody shifts left like it's easily going to be a screen to Jones and all of a sudden a quick little dump off to Tunyon goes for like 26 yards I I I I loved it I loved every minute of it the Jones even the swing route coming through like everything was just hitting and it, it just shows that this this offense just needs to get in a groove, and it's going to be a very very tough task next week against the 49ers. The following week versus the Steelers. That if they don't get going in that first kind of quarter, at least moving the ball and and attempting to make plays, I'm really worried about this offense. And it comes down to how well can this line continue to mesh. How well can these receivers catch? Because there was some drop balls in Week One that were atrocious, and it ultimately comes back to 
they've now played their preseason game. They've mm-hmm. now gotten a lot of kinks out. And I would, regardless of whether Rodgers comes back, he probably won't. Regardless of Adams comes back, he probably won't. I would, assume, I would assume that you're going to see some of these guys play a little bit more next year because we've seen what happens when we get that junk out the window. First of all, is there anything more exciting than a well-set-up screen where they complete it to the tight end or the halfback and you see two or three offensive linemen in front of them and the cameraman hasn't adjusted yet, so there's no defenders in the screen, and you're just like, oh, baby, is this going 50 yards or five? I have no idea. <laughs> it's such an exciting play, and we're back to running it. Like, th- There's been years where we just don't have the offensive line talent to mm-hmm. run that play. Like, They can't get the timing down. The linemen can't get out fast enough. With the young guys we have in the middle, they seem to be mobile. Myers. So, yep, yep. You know, Myers and Newman we're not talking about, and that's beautiful for two rookies starting on the offensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, but, but for those guys to bring the screen game back to Green Bay is going to be awesome because Rodgers can identify a blitz, and if you can run a screen onto the blitzing side and execute, it, it's such an exciting play. But uh, you're right, Ryan. It's it's nerve-wracking because if the offense, let's say they go 0 for 2 on their first two drives with putting up points, with the defense we're looking at, we're going to have to score 30 a game to have a winning record and make the playoffs. So looking yep. long-term, it's nice to get this W. I think they did what they were supposed to do, but I don't think I don't think we solved any riddle. I don't think we're like back on track as an amazing team. I think – remember that year we lost to the Falcons in the playoffs where Rodgers just had to put up 40 every mm-hmm. game. There was no defense. It feels like that team. It feels like that team where – you're going to win some thrillers. You're going to score a lot of points. You're going to not trust your defense for anything. You're going to sneak into the playoffs and yeah. you're going to lose pretty quick. Yeah, we're one we're one injury on the defense away from having oh, that happen. Don't use that word. Uh, not so work. not knocking. Um, but uh, great bringing up the middle def- offensive line. I, I I wanted to bring up Myers. Uh, what? This is his second NFL game. Second NFL game with Aaron Rodgers, and this guy has already caught a 12-man on field penalty, got held up very nicely when Rodgers was uh, hacking and hawing, trying to get people to jump off sides multiple times in this game. And and then the, he tried to get them off sides and went with a run play. Uh, you know, so he, if, it, if nobody jumped, they just would go with a run play just to run something. I mean, what this center is executing in his second NFL game with one of the best ever to play the position at quarterback, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me. Uh, it's great to see the young talent. I'm so excited to see him. I think it might have been uh, either equal or even an upgrade from what we had. All right. Uh, I want that recorded, and I'm going to agree with you in one way. Remember Garrett Bradbury, rookie center for the Vikings out of mm-hmm. NC State, and how Kenny mm-hmm. Clark ate his lunch in like yeah. week two or three as a rookie? But he's gotten so much better, and he now hangs with Kenny Clark when we play him, and he's a good NFL player. The fact that Myers has not been eaten up in the first two weeks is awesome, but let's hit pause on that before week three against yeah, the Niners uh, because yeah, that is a spoke. defensive front that's going to cause some problems for us. And I, I think week three will tell a lot about the defense, about the offensive line. There's still a lot of questions uh, to be answered, and we'll get a couple answered next week. I also don't want to jump the gum, but I'm going to say it. We have figured out one quarter of our special teams. 
because Hill on Hill on kick returns, I I'm ready. Like it's oh, I needed to see. So he goes balls fun. ablazing. It he doesn't give so a shit. Fun punting still with Amari back there. It still feels not quite right. Anything defensively, I'm not a fan of it. I'm going to say it right now. I have been and always will be a Mason Crosby fan. I love that man. That man is clutch. The fact that he can, that he's kicking to the 10 now is not good for a team that is so poor on kick defense. And punting it, it's still a crapshoot. Half the time it works out, half the time it's like, oh no, my. No, he was good. He was, he was placing some punts exactly where he wanted them. I think uh, Pat, the first McAfee one was bad. Joining, Pat McAfee joining the the Manning pod, uh, podcast, joining the Manning broadcast, even highlighted you know the perfect placement down the sideline from him. But I mean Crosby, the the ten yard kickoff is intended extra hang time. Let your defenders get down them and place them behind the twenty five yard line, so better than a touchback. But yeah, with the the it's coaching and the consistency of that team. Maybe we just put it in the yeah. back of the end zone and move on. But I feel comfortable with the punter now, much more than I did last year. And Kylan Hill showed enough. Put him on both units. I don't care. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, Mari Rogers, they need to see him. Something's wrong. He's so scared right now. Like he does he doesn't even know how to play football, it looks like. I mean, I feel uh, bad. It just for looks him. like he's thinking a lot. Yeah. He'll, he'll just just run, man. Just run. Good thing we got Cobb, right? Uh, honestly, yeah, right now. I know. I mean, I I meant that in sincerity. Yeah, I'd, Cobb is looking like a valuable asset compared to the third round draft pick for now, and maybe you know come the back half of this season that can start changing, and that's fine. And we don't need him right now with the depth we have in the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. So that will do it for this episode. We will be coming back with a preview episode where ha, tell, stop me if you've heard this before. We're going to San Francisco. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, how yeah. How well, they come happening? to Green Bay every year too, right? <laughs> how is this happening? Sunday night football. I've already seen Deadspin talk about how Debo is going to go for like 300 yards. I'm not prepared for how we're going to break this down. But Holster's going to come the- out there with a surgically repaired knee and go for 200 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he could come uh, out with a crutch and go for 200. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, so get ready for a lot of we better not see King in this position conversations later in this week but until then thanks everybody go fam go go